how bad is Morata? Like, <laughs> in in context with that, like, what happens to strikers when they go to Chelsea? Like, I feel like this is the third or fourth striker that we've seen just lose it after going to Chelsea. I mean, Morata was bad before. I guess he wasn't that bad before that. He was like still okay when he was at Madrid and Juventus. But then Morata, Werner, Torres. It's like you can name a list. On today's Footy Corner, we have a panel episode overviewing the Euros and looking forward to the knockout rounds. No one wants to manage Spurs or Palace. What's going on there? The lads are not impressed with Spain. Pinaldo strikes again to become the international leader in goals ahead of Ali Dai of Iran. And the French fans mix up Budapest with Bucharest. Along with the typical predictions, next. And we are back on the footy corner. Uh, we come at you this summer, at least while the Euros are going, with another panel episode. It's great to have everyone on here tonight. Let me go ahead and introduce the panel and let's see how everyone's doing. Uh, as usual, we'll start in Indiana with Brian. Brian, how, how's everything going there? Things are going good. Been on a diet and working out. Been doing yeah. it for four days and it sucks. I'm ready for some fast food. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm with you there full, fully and wholeheartedly. I'm, my, my goal well, is you, to, you live in the right state. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I could just walk down the street and get a pork tenderloin sandwich that's bigger than my head. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to get in shape for your wedding, Ashton. Same that's here. Same here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm getting there. Um, yeah. We'll go. We'll stay in the states. We'll run over to California. Uh, Elon's been keeping him busy. Nikhil, how's everything going there? Uh, things have been good. Uh, just been really busy. I mean, I guess it's been it's been a pretty rough uh, past three months. I would say um, mm-hmm. pretty much lost the will to live at some points, but <laughs> jeez. Uh, but no, it's 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 not been it, it's it's getting better. So looking forward to the summer. Um, going to be spending the summer out east actually. I mean, not all not all summer, but like a couple of weeks. Going to be in New York. What for? Yeah. Um, both work and fun. So I'm going to be in New York at the at the plant, and then after that, going to uh, New York City. Just a vacation. Oh, that'll be awesome stuff! Fun, fun things there. Have you ever been? Uh, I've, I've been there once. Yeah, and I really liked it. Um, yeah. Sweet. All right, and it's good to have you back. I know how busy you've been, so uh, good to have you on the panel. And we'll go to our favorite Canadian. Resident up north. Uh, glad to hear you're doing a little better. Jeff, how, how's everything going there? Not bad. Keep, keeping it easy. Better than last time yeah. when we had you on, coming off the uh, other things that happened with uh, Toronto and, 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 uh, and Manchester City, right? Yeah, but uh, Italy are going to win the Euros, so that should take, uh, take some sting out of uh, this uh, sports mess that I'm in. <laughs> there you go. They've been looking really good. We'll, we'll get to that in the group A talk. They've been looking outstanding. Uh, so with those uh, those in there, you know, thanks guys for coming on. Let's go ahead and jump into the action. Now, I was going to start talking about the Euros that's been headlining everything. Um, we actually, our last episode, we predicted everything. Now we've gotten to see how the group stage has gotten to play out. So I thought this was a good time to, to have a show. But just before we jump in there today, something happened. I don't know if you guys have heard. Jeff broke it in actually the the chat, and I'm sure Brian, you've also heard about it as well. Um, the away goal rule 
is being taken away. Uh, it's been part of UEFA competition since 1965 when it was introduced. They say that the decision was not unanimous, according to the UEFA president, Seferin, who we've heard of a lot in the past few months. Uh, but it will be put into place starting this upcoming season. So away goal rules out. How do we feel about that? I'll go ahead and just start with Brian, because I know you felt strongly uh, before. I, I like the away goal rule. I've, I've always liked it ever since I started like just looking at Wikipedia uh, Champions League articles of, and just like figuring out what the hell is happening in the Champions League because it it takes some uh, studying to really understand and get into. But <clears throat> I, I like the rule. Um, I wish they would keep it, but I'm I'm glad it, they won't, we won't have it for um, extra time in Game Two of a two-legged fixture. Okay. That, so that's the only positive, but I, I'd rather keep it. I'd rather only eliminate it for extra time in game in fixture two. Okay. So you would have liked a middle ground. Now, my question being, if you could fully have it back or how it is now, which one of the two would you go with? Uh, I'd keep it. Keep it. Keep the way goal. It's, yeah, just because it, it just adds that extra dimension. Rather, okay. I don't know. It's just. I don't know how else to put it other than it's just an extra layer of, I always like things that are a little overcomplicated when it comes to that. So as you know, action with multiple like (laughs) fantasy leagues we're in. Um, But yeah, it's just that, that extra layer you, you go and you might lose two one in the first leg, but you got that important away goal and and it just means more. So. And you can win one, nothing in the second. I see. Anyone have a counter to that? Anyone like what happened today? I love it. You love it, Jeff. All right, yeah. let us know what you think. Um, it, it screwed me a bunch of times. <laughs> I can say the and same. It, it's, yeah. just, it's just stupid. Just play the game. Whoever gets the most goals wins. Are you yeah. feeling uh, – that, is that Tottenham tie? Is that what you're talking about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> even even I, I hate that. I, even I hated that. Yes. I was rooting I, for Man City there. I can relate to Jeff on it screwing my team when they were good back in the day, back when we were younger, um, (laughs) a lot, like with, especially even in some ties with Bayern Munich that we got made fun of. We had a, you know, we lost on away goals to Monaco, I think. So yeah, it's, it it sucks. Uh, But um, before I give my full take, Nikhil, I saw you shaking your head. You like the away goal rule. I do like it because I think, okay, it kind of makes sense in terms of what Jeff said, because when you, like this season, for example, when you were playing in an empty stadium, it didn't really matter where you were playing. So it didn't really like your stadium factor or your like your X factor was your fans who were not present at all. Uh, in Jeff's case, I can understand that because there's no fans at Man City anyway. So but, <laughs> I've, disproven, I've, dis, I've disproven this argument already. So uh, <laughs> move on. We need we, some fire we, here and the kills brought it. We're missing Arian and Steve today. So I love that. <laughs> no, but, but, he, he saved that all day. <laughs> he, he has he, he thought of that this morning eating eating his uh, uh, no-name cereal and came up with that and he couldn't wait all all, all day yeah. to, to drop it that's some good burns come on you've seen it in the chat <laughs> but yeah sorry but going no, to kill. honestly though like it, it, I feel like it would push teams to be more defensive now because there's no there's no really, there's no real need to go out there and like score in the first leg. You can play 
as defensive as you want in the first leg, especially if you are playing like a counterattack, or if you if you if you are a team like let's say Tottenham or a team like that's more defensive, you you're more prone to play counterattacking right now and not go for a goal at the first leg at all because you don't really have to care about your home leg advantage. Um, I think I liked it. Maybe maybe it could have been better. Like I, I really like what Brian said about like getting rid of it in extra time. Um, that kind of made sense. But other than that, taking it away, you might as well just play it a neutral venue at this point because it doesn't really make a difference. Yeah, yeah I, I guess you're right. In terms of, well, if you took out the money that both teams get out of it, yeah, you might yeah. just play yeah. one game at, at, at a neutral venue because I will, I will admit I agree that I did like the caveat of, oh, we got this scenario. If this happens, this scenario, if that happens. And again, Brian made a good point about the, the fantasy games. You guys know in the game that we're, we have going on in the footy corner, we have little caveats on if you pick the team in the fourth round, you know, you get four times the points or whatnot going forward. Uh, so I thought that's pretty cool. But, but yeah, in the end, you're right. It's like, okay, we're playing 180 minutes uh, to get to a point. But I also think that, man, when it gets to extra time, that sucks when the other team uh, the away team scores and you're like, what? And they're like, well, the counter to that is, well, you're at home, but I mean, it's 30 it's, minutes. So anything, anything can happen. Yeah. Um, the whole overall, for advantage say, is the same. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, overall I'll say, I, I kind of like that they've gone this route now. Uh, Cause I feel like I'll say this, uh, bring something up that hasn't been brought up. The home team might be a little less, uh, might be sitting back less, or I feel like maybe you will have teams that don't quite sit back as well. Maybe the away team will, but I think if they, they have the other home team attacking, they get scored on away team will come back. Cause they will say, well, at this point we're, we're kind of going for everything. So I think it might open up some games. I don't know. Um, I guess yeah. we'll just have to see what the stats show us. Kind of, I, I'm kind of rethinking it too, a little bit, like thinking back to Chelsea against PSG four or five years ago, mm-hmm. I think we lost to them two to two. And then, that's where I see Jeff's argument of just let let whoever scores the most goals wins. How right. do you lose if it's if it's two to two? You're right. playing two games. Why is one goal worth more than another? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I don't really feel strongly. the The reason I like it is because of the complication and and just the that intrigue factor. But yeah, I I, I also. I'm straddling both sides of the fence because I, I agree with, with Jeff. Like, just let the better team win. Whoever scores more, more goals is a better team. doesn't mm-hmm. matter where they're scored. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's one of those situations that, um, in the end, I mean, we'll see what happens because you don't know what's going to come out. Again, as I said, home teams will, will come out, I think, more attack-minded. But away teams might sit back more now instead of go for it. So, so, yeah, so who knows? We'll, we'll see what happens. True, true but... I mean, uh, just to add to Brian's point, or like maybe to contradict it a little bit, I think you're a better team also based on how you perform in a difficult scenario, right? How you perform in a difficult environment. Like going to Barcelona, going to Camp Nou is never easy. Going to Anfield is not easy. If you score a goal out there, I think it does earn you a little bit of, it should be earning you a little bit of an edge. Um, but yeah. 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 That's true. I could I could definitely see that. It's a, it's a it's a tough thing. It's a interesting line to straddle. We'll we'll see what happens. I guess in the end though, we're all hoping that good comes out of this and that uh we'll get some better ties. Well, we had some good ones, but we'll, we'll I just like the fact we won't see anything end on. Well, they won on away goals. It was 2-2, so in the end, I'll, I'll yeah. end that way. 
Um, everyone else, please let us know at the footy corner too. I, I'm sitting here and I can't imagine that Steve and I don't have some takes on this. So uh, please bring it on. Let's let's hear what you guys have to say. Um, so let's go ahead to the Euros. Again, big reason why I'm kind of running these as, as panels, whoever can come on. I feel like this is kind of like the people's tournament. Um, we, we get soccer, you know, after a year after it should have happened. Group A is in the books. We'll go group by group. Uh, Italy, Wales, and Switzerland all advancing. Italy, I mean, winning the group by, by quite a bit. Uh, so kind of for each group, I just want to go over, you know, we'll talk about our, the team that impressed us the most, which team disappointed us the most, uh, maybe the big moment or big game that we saw uh, kind of on, on each group. So kind of keep that in mind as you're, as we're going along. Those listening, you can play along and, and again, at the footy corner too on Twitter. Uh, so in this group, I think it's a pretty easy answer. Um, but which team impressed you guys all the most? Let's let Jeff talk about his yeah. uh, Italy. <laughs> Tell us about your boys. Uh, it, it has to be Italy. Like they clearly were the most impressive team. And which I was like, the first game I was like, who are these people? <laughs> like they're just attacking and attacking and they're beautiful playmaking. And like mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're playing like an actual team, like a club team. Like they know where everyone's going to be. There are, and just the way they celebrate together, they're like, they got some mojo going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will say you made a, a good point about most of them being in Serie A. And yeah. like you said, you said they clicked like a club team. That plays long. That's why we went to you. You pretty much called this. And, and this is not our fathers or our grandfathers, Italy. This isn't the team that is just sitting back, scoring a goal and then saying, we're just going to defend the rest of this game. They are. I mean, their attack looks so good. Um, you know, Immobile's finishing chances. Insigne looks, you know, unstoppable. Uh, Locatelli had the brace in one game, playing great in the midfield. And, and even their aging center backs, granted, they, they weren't tested maybe as much as they might be coming up. I mean, they held their own pretty well. I, to me, it was just shocking about how fluid they were in the attack. So, I, you know, Italy being the team wasn't surprising me, but I think how they did it and what Jeff said was the most surprising. Uh, anything to add to that, uh, Brian, Nikhil? Or you guys you know who the key to the Italian team is? Where is this going? It's oh, Jorginho. Yep. Yeah. Oh, dang. Okay. Do you have the same yeah. stat I do? He, he uh, leads all Italy players in the Euros for passes with 230, mm-hmm. successful passes, 190, forward passes with 60, interceptions with seven, and tackles with five. Yes. So he is, he is the most defensive and the most – uh, playmaking creative stats. Yes. You, so he you, is the backbone of the team. I was going to bring that up to you, but you already had it covered. <laughs> like they've scored 35 goals since they last conceded. Yeah, that is that, insane. They're undefeated crazy. in three, three years, three and a half years. Yeah. And it, I, I'm looking at their squad. Like they don't have any like international superstars. Because they all play in Italy. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. I'm telling you, Insigne yeah. and Locatelli are going to get looked at heavily and hard. They have four, four players that are not in Italy. Two of them for Chelsea, two of them for PSG. Yeah. So, uh, Nikhil, anything you want to add about the Italy talk, or you, you're pretty much on board? Oh, I think, I think it's – I mean, we should also look at, like, how they have not scored uh, – how they have not been scored against at all. And, like, it's not like they played – it's not like they played Hungary or like, I don't know. It, it's not like they played like the USA for like all of these games. They played really good teams too. They played like strong attacking teams like Wales and Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and yeah it's really surprising how well like bonucci and cellini are like doing together I, i'm like really impressed i think they at this point it it might not be far off to call them favorites to win it all oh, yeah i like that shot i know jeff likes that shot now i'm going to play a little devil's advocate and go on the other side of it how much of this can be attested to them playing all their games in rome so far right they've been the home team um and the other thing i'll say is i i mean we'll we'll point it out with the most disappointing team in the group i think there can be two. There can be two options here. But, well, I think clearly for me, maybe it's just one. Turkey was, was pretty, pretty, pretty bad. Um, like, they got ran by by Wales the game yeah. after Italy demolished them and then um, didn't look very good against Switzerland either. I think even their goal they scored was just, you know, yeah, <laughs> interesting. Consolation goal. Um, so how much of that can be attested to, hey, we play, they played every game in, in Rome. They, they didn't have to travel at all, and Turkey was utter garbage. So so what, what do we say about that? Do you guys all agree that Turkey was the disappointing team? No? Yeah. yeah. They were the statistically the worst in, uh, in, the, yep. in the first round. Yep, they finished yeah. in last. And I know Nikhil wasn't happy about that because he picked them in the, uh, the Euro game. They scored less goals in so, North Macedonia. Yeah. So I'll let Nikhil let us know what, what was your disappointment with Turkey in this tournament. I think... I think it was just really disappointing. I mean, they, they looked like they had never played together before. They just looked like it looked so disconnected. And I think most of us had, like, Turkey doing well. Uh, yeah. Because, like, they, they have played well in, like, other international competitions in the past. That was really surprising. I was a little surprised with the team selection, too, and, like, the, the formations that were being put out. They were really did not seem connected at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it looked right. like Chalhanoglu was just just spraying balls and hoping that Wilmaz right. would get on the end of it. There was, like, <laughs> no one else on the team in between. I didn't know where anyone else was, and uh, Kaglar looked a bit lost, but he looks better at Leicester than he did with Turkey, I must say. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so, so Nikhil, you're right. We Going back to the predictions, almost everyone had Turkey as two. Um, the only person that did not have Turkey as two was Arin, and he had Switzerland. Um, so none of us picked Wales in the top two. Uh, anyone surprised by Wales' performance, or, or you know, do you think it's more so because of Turkey's being awful that they kind of took advantage of it? We probably should have been uh, more on top of Wales. I mean, they did really well at Euro 2016, so they have a good, they have a really talented core. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, 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 we were probably influenced by. I mean, we weren't the only ones saying Turkey were, were going to do well. You know, like all the media were saying this is the dark horse team, this is a sleeper team. I, I think we just drank the Kool Aid on Turkey. <laughs> sure did, bit too much in it. Uh, so I guess then the last thing I want to ask about this group um, was there a game or a moment that impressed any of us the most, or it, you know, did it kind of just go? as we thought. Any any moments or games that you guys want to point out? I like the free kick goal that Italy got against uh, Wales. It was <laughs> it was so perfectly they trained you you could tell they trained it that mm-hmm. that on the on the training pitch for like it was just perfect. I loved it. So the free kick goal uh, that Pasina got against Wales. Yeah. That's in the yeah. last one. Yeah, that was very nice. Uh, Brian or Nikhil, any moments stick out to you or any games? I think I think every each one of Israel's games was a fun game to watch. Honestly, yep. they entertained throughout. Yeah, yeah, Italy's fun to watch. I think the first game really they they just came out swinging, um, and they just really 
announce to everyone, hey, don't overlook us. Yeah. I, I will say you, you made the point about them playing at home. If you look at some of the other teams that played at home, I, I don't know how much of an advantage it really was. I mean, Denmark lost two games at home. Mm-hmm. Um, Russia lost all their games. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. They won one. They won one. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, yeah. yeah. Eng- England won their group, but they only scored two goals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Scotland finished last in the group and had two home games. So I don't – Spain looked like shit for two games at home. So I wouldn't put too much stock in the in the um, home field advantage. Okay. And and the Swiss just – I think doing Swiss things, they just kind of existed. Yeah. They were there. Uh, I, I feel like this happens in every tournament. We're like, oh, they're going to they're gonna do well. And then they did the exact same thing here. Uh, you know, they had their moments. Shakiri had those moments in the last game against Turkey. But, you know, everyone had their moments against Turkey. But I will say his goals were nice. You know, but before that, they were just so underwhelming. They, against Wales, they missed so many chances. They just don't have, to me, Switzerland are that team that just are missing that striker. Uh, Real Embolo is up and coming, but the amount of times that Harris Seferovic misses chances is unreal. And, and to me, Switzerland is just there. And I think they're there again to just lose in the in the quarters, which will or sorry, round of sixteen, which we'll talk yeah. about. But anyone with anything to add about Switzerland, or was it just kind of eh, from them? Not giving, they didn't do yeah. anything. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> I love. It was just like that one episode a few weeks ago when we were talking about Tottenham. Uh, nothing bad. So okay, we'll 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 eventually preview the round of sixteen. So that was Group A. Um, group B. You know, a lot kind of went on here in the end. Um, the, the group ended how we thought it would, uh, it, most of us, with Belgium on top and Denmark in second, um, Finland and Russia, third and fourth, and both are eliminated. Um, you know, before we kind of, well, we'll jump into that and then we'll eventually talk about the, the moment, I think, that was, uh, that impacted a lot of us. You know, let's just talk first about the, the team that impressed you uh, the most. I mean, I guess we all knew Belgium was, was, was going to be the best team in this group. Um, was anyone else impressive enough to to talk what Belgium did? I mean, in a general sense, no, mm-hmm. because Belgium just obviously dominated the group and then the other teams just feasted on each other and Denmark just happened to score the, the most goals of the three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but Denmark's resolve and just in general, their their team attitude coming back from what happened – Mm-hmm. I think is is really impressive. That was a great game. The third game that Denmark played that they won. Absolute scenes that was in in Copenhagen. I must say, when Christensen hit that rocket, I that's probably the highlight I've seen the most in this tournament. Just the announcer, I believe it was here. It was John Champion. I don't know who was doing it. My gosh, that call was incredible. And I have to slightly apologize to Christensen. I make fun of him a lot on this pod. And Brian's here to listen to this. So this is my brief apology to Andreas Christensen. That was an electric strike, um, but I still don't know if he can defend very well. So that's my little brief mm. apology. <laughs> he's he's going to cover his ears with his Champions League uh, champion medal. <laughs> that's awesome. So, yeah, so I, I do like that shot on Denmark. Um, who was the most disappointing to you guys in this group? Does anyone have a – I mean, you know, you can go a few ways with this. Would have to be Russia. Russia. Nikhil says, yeah. "Why would you say that? Because they lost as hosts." 
Yeah, they lost their host. They, they just look, oh, that, that last game. The, I mean, I think I like commented it on the group too. That defending, <laughs> wow, that was so bad. Like, I, I don't think I've seen an international team defend that badly in a long time. <laughs> uh, they definitely did not deserve to go yeah. through. I mean, honestly, the way they played, even, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if Turkey defeated them. They were like worse than Turkey. <laughs> they should have That's done that, like the last place game. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I know a lot of people are rooting against Russia um, because of uh, of their crowd booing. I think it was that what they were doing, booing people kneeling. Um, but I agree. Russia had a couple home games. They looked awful. They didn't look good. They, they just didn't have the gas. They didn't have that Russian gas. So, um, yeah, I think by far they were probably the most disappointing team. Does anyone have anything different than Russia? I wasn't disappointed that they did so well, so... <laughs> <laughs> so you're I mean, well yeah because of and all that stuff um so now we'll, we'll come to the uh, moment uh or you know game or uh, this group i think you know some of us have talked about the strikes that we've seen this and that but i think um you know it, to not talk about what happened the second day of the euros would you know be a bit wild here uh so you know watching that that denmark and and uh and Finland game, we all, I think most of us witnessed what happened to Christian Eriksen. If not, you heard about it pretty quickly. Um, you know, very scary scenes. I was, you know, I'll come around and go to what we were all doing at the time, I guess. But I was, I was actually kind of watching that. You know, when you have the match on TV, but you're, you're talking. I was talking to my dad about something on the side because um, I was over at my parents' house when this game was happening. Again, TV was on it. But, you know, when you're, you're kind of watching it in passing. And then I took a second. I didn't even notice when it happened, but when I see people running over, you know, just got very nervous for the situation. And I saw that CPR was happening. I actually told my dad to stop talking. About what <laughs> I got to turn the volume up. Like, like this is bad. This is scary. Yeah. And so um, once I heard about what was happening and, and, and you saw some, some things, then you're just like this, this image or, or they need to cut away to the studio. And, but unfortunately, a lot of these channels, they don't have the, the camera rights. They could just speak over what, you know, UEFA is feeding them. Um, you know, before I come to what everyone else saw or what they thought about what happened, um, I do want to say we should give credit to, uh, you know, obviously the doctors that were there. Anthony Taylor, who gets a lot of stick as a ref in England. Um, the Denmark team doctor, uh, Morten Bozen, said Ericsson was gone. Uh, but swift treatment on the field of play and by hospital staff meant the midfielder was stabilized and later able to send his greetings to teammates. Uh, so, you know, again, he's, he wanted to congratulate the Danish players who created that wall around uh, Ericsson so he could have his privacy uh, and the medical team for their speedy response under incredible duress. Uh, the Denmark team in particular, his colleagues did an amazing job of making sure he was initially safe. You, you saw right away the ref. Clearly, it was a serious incident. You shouldn't collapse when you're running on a football pitch. They started CPR quickly, which is important for people to know and learn how to do the prompt defibrillation if required. Uh, so, you know, we saw Simon uh, Kiar actually do CPR. We didn't see it. I, I heard about it later that he yeah. did it. Uh, Consoled Erickson's uh, partner. Yeah, wild stuff. Um, w- you know, what were you guys doing? What was your take at, at the time? I guess I'll just start with Brian. Yeah, that was super scary. I was I was driving the minivan to South Carolina for vacation. Mm-hmm. My phone yeah. just started blowing up and my, my watch that's connected to my phone started vibrating like hell. Um, I was like, what the hell is going on? So I was driving, so I couldn't really read my text, but I saw on my watch, like, 
some of the like first couple words of each message. And I was like, something's happening. And I asked my wife, Allison to like, check it out. She got on Twitter and she was just like refreshing, refreshing, refreshing and trying to figure out what the hell is going on. And it, I, I mean, all I felt was like, shit, that's really, really fucking scary. Like mm-hmm. some athlete in peak physical condition that's a couple years younger than me just collapses. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like from everything we were seeing, we thought he might've died right on the field I, I thought he was i thought he was dead i yeah. thought like like they were worked on him for 10 minutes mm-hmm. and I, thought, I thought that was it it's just yeah. scary it's just super scary and i've always liked erickson despite hating tottenham i've always mm-hmm. actually liked erickson himself he was like the one player on tottenham that i actually like i i was glad he left tottenham because i like him so much yeah um but i mean regardless of who it was it's just super scary mm-hmm. but like you said, props to Anthony Taylor and um, Kier. Is that how you say it? Yes, I think Simon Kier. Kier. Simon Kier. Kier. Yeah. yeah, he he just proved what a great uh, captain he is for the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unbelievable stuff. And actually, Twitter, I must say, started filtering. Or, or uh, if you searched it, they weren't allowing you to see, I think, some tweets about it. So I think maybe your updates were just from our text at a certain point. Uh, yeah, I think Allison did find she was able to find some updates of um, like positive updates. Like, yes, uh, yeah, that's good to hear. Jeff, you were saying uh, you thought he was gone. Were you watching the match at the time? Yeah, I was watching it live. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. like, and, sorry. And what images were, were the stations in Canada showing or did they cut away at all? Or oh, everything, everything, everything. everything. Yeah. Okay. And, and did people get on their cases for showing more or, or what, what was the case? Uh, I saw on Twitter and stuff, but like, uh, like imagine you're the family member at home watching, and you're worried about him, and then the station cuts away. You're like, I I want to see what's going on, right? Yeah, but to some extent, would you think that you'd have maybe connection to to someone that might be able to let you know what's happening, or maybe not? I don't know. It's tough. I don't know. It's like everyone's like. Oh, they shouldn't have showed that. Should, should, shouldn't show. Well, turn off the TV. Change the channel if you don't want to yeah. see it. Right, right. A few people, yeah, and that's exactly what I heard. Some people did. Uh, Nikhil, did you see the incident or did you hear about it? No, I didn't. I didn't see it. I was, uh, I was actually out of town. But I mean, I, I heard about it. The same thing what Brian was mentioning. It, it just my phone started going off. My watch started going off, uh, and that's when I went on Twitter and. Uh, the first thoughts, like when I when I went over on Facebook, the first things that I saw was that he had actually like a lot of people were claiming that he had actually passed, and uh, they, yeah, and I think I guess like it's it's kind of it's kind of hard to be it's kind of hard to be sensitive about it. There were a lot of like insensitive comments at that point. I feel like, and that's that that spreads panic too, right? If you're a family member, if you're a well wisher, you don't want to see that. Uh, right. But yeah, no, I'm I'm super glad that they were able to like get help to him and get him off the field, get him into the hospital as soon as possible. And yeah, Ericsson is a very well-liked player and it doesn't matter who the player is. I mean, just that, just the fact that it's, this could happen to somebody who was in a speak physical form uh, is, is kind of shocking, but it also also tells us like how, how fragile things are. And uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was definitely a nerve-wracking moment. Yeah, no. Should they, have continu- should they have continued the game? That's no. a good question. I don't think Absolutely. they should. Not, not that same day. Maybe the next day after it was clear that Erickson was, I mean, he was in, 
he obviously sent a message or whatever, but you know, they, they made the players make the decision on the spot and that wasn't fair to the, to the player. I mean, they're still in shock at that right. point. Like you can't make an educated decision or, or whatever. I think they should have delayed it to the next day. Yeah. And I think, you know, even after, even if the, even if Erickson says, Hey guys, go play. And this person says, go play. And that person says, go play. Like you said, they're in no condition to make that decision. You, that thing will affect you for a while. Again, though, people then argued, well, people, the, the players might stay awake, you know, uh, not knowing what's happening. And, and the next day they would have, but I still feel like at least their minds would have had a 24 hour period to kind of, okay. Yeah. Definitely fine. Uh, let's, let's move on. Let's kind of play, but you're right. Like when it's, and it was hours after it wasn't even like, Oh, like seven, eight hours past. I think it was like two hours, three hours. Yeah. And um, I, I, I didn't agree with that, but you know, and, and I think it played a factor. Finland scored. Let's note Finland scored their first ever goal in a major tournament <laughs> or at least in a euros. And they couldn't, I mean, the guy couldn't celebrate. Yeah. Um, Jeff, what do you think? You asked the question. Um, yeah, it was probably a bad decision. Yeah. But like, <laughs> I don't blame a lot of bad decisions in those kind of circumstances. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of people had to make a very important decision very quickly. Right. And there's, there's probably good reasons that they had to to keep it going. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Things we don't know about. So yeah. It probably was that's a good bad point. decision, but it was probably a lot more to it. Yeah, you don't know. Like you said, there's a lot we don't know behind the scenes that goes on. How how would the logistics have been if they would have played the next day? Um, the scheduling, TV, this, that. But TV shouldn't be, you know, big decision. But, you know, it happens. Um, so, yeah, a lot of stuff. A lot of – that was just a crazy day, I think. A lot of a lot of yeah. things went down. But, you know, you guys brought up a good point, and I'll move on from this in a second, uh, that when you're getting text updates versus, I think, when you see it, um, you kind of feel a little – like you said, there's some differences. You see some – Maybe the comments you see, like like Nikhil was saying, are very insensitive comments, or or like you might you might know about it or hear about it, and you might get upset. But when you see those, I mean, my my heart was in my throat at some points. I, I was yeah. uh, you know choking up a bit. I was like, oh my god, like this, he better be okay. Even you know, as we were saying, he played for a rival. No no person should have to go through that. It kind of evoked memories of I, I never saw the Mwamba thing, but uh, Mark Vivian Foe actually, I. I I remember, you know, seeing that match that it occurred. And then uh, he, if, if no one knows about that, it was Confederations Cup 2003-ish, I think. And he, um, Cameroon was playing some team and he collapsed on the pitch. They took him off. So it wasn't like this one where everything stopped and they took care of him. They took him off the pitch. The match continued. And then you later found out that he, that he passed away. But um, you, you had that same image of, you know, eye rolling back, you know, and you saw the replays yeah. and was, oh, shit. So, uh, yeah, kind of evoke that. It's a, it's a very scary thing. But again, fragility of, of life, you know, it brings everything right. And that eventually in the end, the biggest news of that day was he was okay. Um, even though they lost, uh, you know, they were just happy fans, I think. that, that It worked out in the end because they advanced. In the end, they've advanced and, and now they're playing for something. So, yeah. Uh, I do want to say real quick, uh, the biggest thing that saved his life was the AED that they had on the field. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the defibrillator basically. Um, And I've been trained on how to use it and whatnot from, you know, construction safety training and whatnot. Um, And they're everywhere. But 
Um, something I saw on Twitter was was an amateur team I follow that Irene knows of, hashtag United, mm-hmm. like an English eighth tier team or something. <laughs> One of the guys there said every amateur team, you know, it's different in England because um, mm-hmm. they're, well, a lot more organized in here. But every amateur team should have an AED as part of their um, yeah, because literally, like, if you get an AED on someone within the first five minutes or whatever uh, of them having a heart episode, it it increases their chance of living by like a staggering amount. Wow! So if you're listening and you have a soccer team, make sure there's an AED where you play. Yes, that's a good shout. And if anyone uh, can get trained in CPR too, it's not. Yeah. Terribly difficult. I I should. I don't know it. Um, does anyone here? Is anyone here trained in CPR? Uh, yeah, I get trained every two years for. Okay, and Jeff, you are too. Simon yeah. Okay, so you guys are. I need to get you on that. You should level. be able. You might be able to request it from work, like for you, Ashton at school. Right. Uh, I'll, I'll bet. I'll bet you can get it somehow. Yeah. Surely. I don't know, so, yeah. I don't know if uh, um, Tesla cares about their employees enough to train CPR, but <laughs> I, would, I would hope so. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a must do everyone. And, you know, again, it brings to light, you know, make sure, you know, protocols and understand these things uh, going yeah. forward. So uh, we'll come back to previewing what happens in the groups or in the knockout stages. We'll go to group C now. Um, honestly, it's, it's a bit of an underwhelming group. It's a reason I picked the Netherlands in our fantasy league. Cause I thought the competition was weak. That proved to be true. Uh, the Netherlands take nine points. Um, out of their three matches, scoring eight and giving up two. Austria had six, Ukraine three, and North Macedonia. Uh, I was I lost my bet. They had zero. <laughs> uh, there was that moment in the first game where Goran Mania almost struck. I mean, he scored, and and they were in it until twelve minutes, you know, before the game ended, and then it all fell apart. But um, did anything go different than what we expected? Was the Netherlands, the most impressive team in this group to, to all of us, or, or did any team, other team, maybe impress you more than you thought they would? Um, I mean, no, it was Netherlands. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's not much to talk about with this group. I mean, Ukraine, Ukraine was in it against Netherlands um, in that first game uh, mm-hmm. towards the end there, but then, I mean, they barely beat North Macedonia in the next game and then lost to Austria, so they can't be that impressive. Right. And Austria beat Ukraine and North Macedonia, so how impressive is that? (laughs) And Netherlands beat Ukraine, Austria, North Macedonia. It's like, okay, great. And they were at home for every game. Yeah. So there's that factor as well. Um, Was anyone kind of at least impressed with – uh, Ukraine's attack or, or how they scored their goals or came back against Netherlands or, you know, do they stink? I don't think they stink, but I, I honestly didn't watch much of the matches at all. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. They're and fine, I guess. Thoughts on any of the other teams in this group? Not really. It was probably it's, the most boring group. Yeah. <laughs> and I hate, uh, I hate Netherlands. I hate the Netherlands and their fans. So, <laughs> but they are impressive, though. I mean, I you gotta say Netherlands. Like even without without uh, Van Dijk, mm-hmm. they, they look pretty good, especially Who's in that? They, Who's that? Kind of, <laughs> uh, especially Depay and like Wijnaldum. I mean, 
I, I think the one thing that I would take away from this group or this thing is like how much Liverpool is going to regret letting Wijnaldum go. I thought he looked really good. Yeah. He did. He was very impressive, I thought, for them. And I think a name that started to make rounds and might be a big transfer target. You know how there's always that name that comes up during these tournaments. Uh, and again, you mix in like a an actor star's name. One of the cooler names in the tournaments, Denzel uh, Dumfries. Um, you know, he he had some very good performances. Uh, I think he even got on the score sheet as a, as a back, maybe twice. Um, I thought he, he's been fantastic for them. So he might be someone that gets that little tournament bump in terms of a transfer coming up soon. But yeah, I think this group uh, was very underwhelming. Uh, you know, none of the matches were, were great. Um, I, again, if, if we want to pick a moment that sticks out to us, uh, I would go with the second half of Netherlands, Ukraine. I think that second half was wild. It was zero, zero at halftime. So if you took a nap during the second half and you woke up and it was three, two, you <laughs> quite a bit. Uh, Cause uh, I mean, you know, Netherlands took the two lead, looked pretty smooth sailing. Ukraine scored twice in like four minutes, including a wild goal from Yarmolenko. I think it was a crazy strike with his left foot from outside the box, which is probably one of the nominees for goal of the tournament. Um, and Yaremchuk, you know, equalized. And then again, Netherlands scored quickly after. So, so that to me was one of the moments. Um, anyone else have a moment that stood out to them outside of that in this, this group? I do have one other thing, but I'm going to hold it till the end. I'm just glad North Macedonia lost so bad. So I won my bet. <laughs> so I owe all of you a beer next time I see you or, no, or you, something you, or a you meal mixed drink. Okay. A mixed drink. How about this? It can either be a, uh, an alcoholic drink, a mixed drink, or it could be a meal. I'll get you a meal. How about right. that? Let's do a meal. Cheeky that was, Nando's. Yeah. Cheeky Nando's, uh, some, some sort of, a, we'll go whole meal that way. In, okay. in um, yeah. So yeah, they didn't even get one point. I thought they would in the first game. Uh, anyone else have a moment, Jeff or Nikhil, uh, before I mention one, that maybe makes us not root for Austria. No, no, nothing. You guys, uh, did anyone see when Marco Arnautovic scored against North Macedonia? Um, he he um, started yelling, spouting some shit at uh, Alioski, the guy from Leeds that you know a lot of people don't like. Um, did anyone see that moment where Alaba came and kind yeah. of shut him up? Yeah, so, I didn't see that. So he started yelling and, and whatever it was, clearly you could see, you know, sometimes people yell when they score and that's their way of pumping themselves or the team up. But David Alba, who's the captain, uh, was, was not having any of it. He was actually cupping his mouth and holding it and like telling him to shut up. Uh, Arnautovic is apparently of uh, Serbian descent and we know Serbians and Albanians don't get along very well. Um, and some North Macedonians, I guess, are part Albanian or Alyoski might be. Um, he yelled something along the lines of, uh, fuck your Albanian mothers, uh, Jesus. after he scored and he was saying very racist stuff, I guess. Um, so afterwards he had to apologize. Um, he said, uh, I'd like to apologize, especially to my friends from North Macedonia and Albania. Um, Arnautovic who has a Serbian background said on Instagram. Um, so uh, I would like to say one thing very clearly. I'm not a racist. Here's the best one. I have friends in almost every country and I stand for diversity. Everyone who knows me is aware of that. Um, I'm just waiting for someone to, <laughs> to be like, so Marco, who's your friend out in Belize? Uh, <laughs> but I mean, um, you know, he got suspended for one game. He's a, he's a, I mean, he's a head case. We saw him in the premier league, yeah. Marco Ar- Arnautovic. Um, is that enough? Is, is that based on that premise and what he did? 
and me not really having any interest for Austria. Is that okay? Do you think for me to just not root for them the rest of the way? Like, yeah, who cares about Austria? <laughs> We'd love to visit their country, but thoughts on Arnautovic before we move on. He's going to get ship pumped by Italy on <laughs> Saturday. <laughs> there we go. I think we'd all be okay with that. Um, so let's move now to Group D, which, you know, we, okay, an interesting group. Uh, it's got England, who's, you know, league we follow on this pod. They won the group with seven points. Not completely surprising there. Uh, Croatia had four. The Czech Republic had four. Scotland, as as talked about a little earlier in the pod, had uh, um Almost well, two of the three games at home and came away with just one point to show. And that one point was not even at home. It was in Wembley um, <laughs> against England. So uh, in this group, who, let me ask you guys this. We're going to go with the same theme and then we could talk about teams. Who was the most impressive for you in this group or which team impressed you the most with whether how they played or how they did versus what you thought they'd do? And it was the most unimpressive group. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone sucked. By anyone. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Nikhil, I was going to say, you might have a team that you're most impressed by based on how your draft went, no? I mean, I didn't really have a choice in the draft. That was my last <laughs> pick. But, um, but no, I, I, thought, I thought the Czech Republic did pretty well. I was a little disappointed with Scotland. But then again, I think the Scotland just had like one or two players like doing most of the heavy lifting for them. Mm-hmm. Um, Croatia looks promising. Like, but then again, it's, it's like how... How far can they get on one player's merit, right? I think I think especially that last game, it was all Modric. They didn't have anybody else doing anything else. Um, yeah. England are gonna. This is a hot take, but I'm pretty sure England are gonna get like their ass kicked in by Germany. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I I don't. The the team looks so disap. I mean, it looks so lackluster. They they have like. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's very disappointing. Yeah, I mean, you could say the same thing for Germany. They look shit. Like, yeah, I haven't been impressed with them at all. But then Germany is also a big game team. I feel like it's, it, I don't know if England has even like the psychological uh, ability to like hold up to Germany in a big game. So, so well, I don't know about that. Look at, look at the last World Cup. Germany didn't make it out of the group and England made it to the semifinals. So, so we will they preview. I can see yeah. we got strong opinions on the previewing of the match. We'll come okay, to that yeah. too. Sticking to this group, let's just talk about England, I guess, real quick. So they came yeah. up. Are, are they like how boring were they to watch? That sucked. Like Scotland game was terrible. Yeah, it was. That was so boring. Even the Czech Republic game wasn't that good, mm-hmm. if I yeah. remember right. Yeah, they're like, just. Where, where's Where's Harry Kane? Yeah, he's on the pitch, not doing shit. So don't give him two hundred and seventy minutes in the group stage. Maybe put in Calvert Lewin. Put in someone else. Right. Brought Bamford. Yeah, those uh, guys that picked him for the Golden Boot. You guys are probably not very happy about how his how Kane performed there. And then another, like I, I mean, I think fans in England are much much harsher than we can be on England and and Southgate. But what is Southgate doing? I mean, Jaden Sancho didn't play a minute, did he? No. <laughs> why, why did Rashford come on as a, a sub three times? Why didn't he start? Phil yeah. Foden should have started more or should have played more. Mason mm-hmm. Mount got screwed by stupid COVID rules. Why, why did Jordan Henderson come on? Um, on that, on the third game. Uh, I don't know. So all sorts of, uh, of issues for England. I actually am going to put them down, even though, they had seven points. 
to me, well, Scotland is a good shout from the heel, but to me, England, even though they won their group, are, were the most disappointing team for me yeah. in this group. They, and it's just based on they were just not fun to watch. Like, I don't I don't know what was going on there, <laughs> what happened. Uh, and it could be indicative of the league a little bit. So, you know, there were a lot of Premier League dead rubbers this season that just nothing happened. Um, and to mention, you know, go back about talking about how Italy had some good games. Anyone that watched Serie A this year, I watched a, a handful of games because obviously we all watched, well, us here, we watched the Premier League a little more. Um, but I was able to catch a few on ESPN. There were some electric games compared to kind of what we what we've seen in the Premier League. So I don't know if that's a result of just the style of play. But it was this. It was the highest scoring league uh, last season. Syria. Yeah. Yeah. Which it is shocking. Nice. Which is shocking. Yeah. Which yeah. it is. But but I remember seeing a few games and God damn, they were fun. They were great games. Um, you know, you have teams like Atalanta who score goals at will now, and so. Um, you know, it, it could be a league thing, but but England were just so so terrible and disappointing, in my opinion. That they better, you know, they're the group winner that I think is in some trouble heading into their knockout stage match. Um, and to me, Czech, the Czech Republic, was impressive. Patrick Schick, I think, needs to get some credit. Um, he did score that wild goal, although I don't know how much of that is him versus the, the Scotland keeper Marshall. I don't know what the hell that man was doing on that play, um, but I. I would say that even Schick's header in that game was was really good. He took on, you know, he jumped out, jumped two Scottish players and put it in the corner. Um, you know, he he played real well. Uh, and they have Suchek and Sufal. You know, so they to me they were. I expected them to stink and finish last. So they were kind of impressive to me, and I think we can maybe keep one eye on them in the knockout stage matches they've advanced. Um, any other? Moments or, or comments on any of the teams you guys have here going forward before we preview the Quick question. Quick question for Jeff. Uh, considering England's two goals came from their most out of form, I mean, one of their most out of form players, I would say, Raheem Sterling didn't have a good season. Don't care what Jeff says. He's been out of form. And both the girls were, both the goals were kind of scrappy. And especially since Jeff has been talking up this whole Grealish Kane combo, they didn't do shit. Yeah. Do you really expect them to do well for City? Well, That's Grealish didn't even start the first game. Well, I mean, did he, he, he didn't even play the first game. What about like, the second? And yeah. I think Grealish yeah, I, played in the third game. Yeah. But either way, are you... So what he might be asking is what you have might be better than what you think you're getting. Yeah. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Sterling got two goals, but like there were some times he just like absolutely just shot the bed. <laughs> if we're gonna if we're gonna talk club, I, I now from what I saw and seeing the man of the match awards, how about Saka? Yeah, Saka looked good. <laughs> and yeah, he took off his he took off his shirt for a goal he didn't even score or get the assist on. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, man of the match. That's all I gotta say for Saka. Um, <laughs> well, um, Eminem looked like Phil Foden should have played a lot more. He is far better looking than uh, Eminem. <laughs> the most handsome man He's in straight the, out of the, um, the in real the Premier League. League. We might have to ask that uh, video to those listening at the Footy Corner Two. Who's more handsome? And I'll put in quotes: uh, uh, um, Foden or Eminem? So we'll go ahead and uh, I'll I'll make a note that we will have to make that poll there. So Foden or Eminem? Okay. Um, so we'll move on from there too. Now this one I'm going to have to have you guys carry for me uh, because I'll admit based on my schedule, 
I think that this group is the match I saw the least amount from. Uh, group E, Sweden winning the group, a bit of a surprise. They were a fourth round pick in our in our league, and I I took them. Yes, hands up. Um, Spain finished in second after looking quite lethargic in the first two games, and then shit pumping Slovakia in the last one. Uh, Slovakia because of that game finishing third and being one of the worst third place teams are out. Poland out after just getting one point. Um, was there a team in this group that was most impressive to you guys? Would it be Sweden? Yeah, definitely Sweden. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and maybe taking that one step further, maybe uh, Alexander Isaac raised his price tag um, as he was a very electric kind of source. I thought um, he was maybe one of the most exciting players in this group to watch. Um, so anyone have anything different than Sweden or Isaac for most impressive? Nope. I agree. Okay. So how about the disappointing? I think they, this can go a few ways. Um most disappointing team. I'll let Jeff start. Who who disappointed you the most out of these? That's Spain. Spain. It's not, yeah. it's, it's not the it's not the Spain of, of yesteryear. I think mm-hmm. they're gonna, I don't think they're going far at all. So even though they scored those uh, five goals against Slovakia, you thought that was more of an two effort. long goals. Yeah. <laughs> are you are you more salty that they're playing Murata over your boy Ferran Torres? Yes. Well, that's a mistake. That's a mistake. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think we all, you know, Arin definitely agrees with you. Remember, I remember he's called Murata or Burrito multiple times. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought, you know, it was pretty evident that, that was it the last game that Murata missed a PK and then Ferran Torres comes in later and scores like minutes after coming on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. Spain is not the ones that we're used to seeing. They don't have that talent. We mentioned a little bit in the preview show, but it was definitely on display. And again, in the main game that I saw them play, uh, uh, parts of that Sweden game. It's like they had possession, but they did nothing, like absolutely nothing with it. Um, anyone yeah. a little more going in Spain to the other guys here? No, that, that first game against Sweden, Spain had 85% possession. <laughs> and they drew nil-nil. Like, that was such a boring game to watch. That sucked. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. It, it, aside from that England-Scotland, probably the most boring of the, the entire tournament. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Did anyone else um, disappoint you more than Spain? I have a candidate. Poland did because I played them. Poland? Yeah. But but they don't have much beyond uh, Lewandowski. He can't carry their team. Right. I feel really bad for Lewandowski, honestly. Like, for the best player in the world, I I wish they could, like, put out a better squad. And, like, yeah, it's disappointing. He he still did try really hard. Like, his goals in the last game were, like, phenomenal. Both goals were really good. Yeah, and even his miss was phenomenal too. Like I, I felt so bad for him. He he heads one off the crossbar and he gets on the other. You're like, this is definitely going in, and it hits uh, the crossbar again. It just misses. It's like, god damn, like this guy can't catch a break. Um, but you guys make good points when he's surrounded by I mean, his second goal was an assist from a guy that plays on the Chicago Fire. And you know, when that's the case, that's you don't you're not surrounded <laughs> by good players because their team freaking sucks. Um, so yeah, like Poland. It's tough because you know their striker is one of the best in the world, but the rest of their team is, is kind of shit. Yeah. So, yeah. But I yeah. agree with Mikula and Brian on that, that they were pretty disappointing to me. Um, big moment of the group or anything that, that came out to anyone? Popped out to anyone? No? Um, I guess Sweden scoring so late in the game to uh, win the group mm-hmm. for the big moment. There were some scenes at the very end, right? Sweden yep. uh, and, and Poland was actually trying to score to, to make the next round. So that was kind of exciting. That was, yeah. Last day. That, that, was, a, that was a good match to watch, the Sweden-Poland game. That was back and forth. 
Okay. Yeah. So, what is for that, Nikhil? Uh, no, that's it. I think, and also, I mean, I know this might be a tangent, but how bad is Morata? Like, <laughs> yeah. in, in context with that, like, what happens to strikers when they go to Chelsea? Like, I feel like this is the third or fourth striker that we've seen just lose it after going to Chelsea. I mean, Morata was bad before. I guess he wasn't that bad before that. He was, like, still okay when he was at Madrid and Juventus. But then Morata, Werner, Torres, it's like, you can name a list. Yeah. Yeah. Brian, he just so out of confidence, like yeah, and it and it seems to be affecting the rest of the team too. Like nobody really wants, like he might be an out for them to pass the ball there, but nobody really wants to go that route either. Right. I don't. I don't know why Diego Costa was so successful, but I'm right. glad we had him. <laughs> yes, I guess because he was just so much of a nutcase. <laughs> he didn't care That's, when he was doing good or bad. He was going to fight for it. And, no one else has that mentality. It's probably true. Jeff, did you have a moment or a match or anything in this group that stood out to you? This was the one group I ignored. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was group C, mate. Uh, just luck, too. I just didn't watch many of the games, but uh, I, just, I was impressed with Sweden, I will say. There you go. Fair enough there. And I will say this. Uh, I did want to point out this moment out. Uh, aside from the own goal that was scored, I think in a Canada match recently, right, Jeff? Who was the yeah. team scored on themselves? Haiti. 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 Okay, yeah. has everyone seen the Haiti own goal where the ball's passed back and like he just trips and fucks up with? The yeah. Ball? But like, has anyone seen that one? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think so. Okay, I think that was retweeted from the account, but almost to that level. So that's definitely the worst own goal I think I've ever seen. But almost to that level was the Dubrovka own goal where he volleyball spikes it into his own fucking goal. That was bananas. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think people probably missed it because you're, you know, you probably had Sweden Poland on. But I saw the highlights of it later because I, I heard some people say, oh my God, what did he do? And I saw the replay that I go, <laughs> what was going on there? I, you know, like, it, I mean, there's no excuse for fucking that up. Um, but yeah, so there was that. Um, so let's go to the final group, which was the group of death, which did, in terms of table, maybe end the way a lot of people predicted. France did win the group, but only with five points. Germany was in second with four, Portugal in third with four, and Hungary Hungary took two points out of this. Uh, who was the most impressive, I guess, if there was a most impressive team in this group? Oh, I mean, yeah, I think it's Hungary. Hungary. By elimination? like yeah. They did better than anyone expected them to. They were in it till the end. Yeah, they got a draw to France, and they were be- they were beating Germany for a lot of that match. Yeah, a lot of that match. Yeah. So, and that's I why I think Germany is going nowhere. They had to show up for that game to stay in, and they were they were brutal. So, were they your disappointment, Jeff, out of this group? Yeah, I think Germany is terrible. I don't think they're going anywhere because they had every game at home. Yep, and they drew Hungary. So I could see that disappointment. Was there another team that was disappointing to any of you guys? Just the whole group was disappointing. I wanted right. to see France just like shit pump everyone and they just did not look impressive at all. Um, I mean, Portugal scored a lot of goals, mostly mostly penalties from Ronaldo. She's <laughs> yeah. like, had three penalties and a late goal that didn't really mean anything. Mm-hmm. Um 
but they also gave gave away the same number of goals, like maybe one less. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Definitely a shout for most exciting team, probably to watch. Uh, I actually would. I actually pegged Portugal, even though we could say Germany. I, I maybe it's biased for me because I like them. I think Portugal to me was the most disappointing because they did get four points, but their win against Hungary it was it says three nothing on the scoreline. It, that is not indicative of, of the match. I mean, didn't Hungary even have a goal taken away? Like they, they'd yep. taken the lead in the 82nd minute just before all that shit happened that Portugal scored all those goals or like offside or something happened um, that they, you know, and then Portugal scored all those goals. And then they gave up four to Germany, um, scoring two themselves for them, thundering goals from your boy, Jeff uh, Diaz and then Guerrero. Um, and then, you know, even in the last match, um, sure, they drew France, but they scored on two pens. One was a bit suspect, um, could have been a suspect in my opinion. And I think France was very, dis- like, very bad in that match. Like, France did not play well against Portugal at all. They stunk. Um, I mean, if it wasn't for moments of brilliance from Karim Benzema, I mean, France stunk too. They stunk to join as well. But I thought Portugal was disappointing. And now... Here's where I think I'm going to make a very controversial statement. You guys hang in there. Here's a hot take. I think even though he led them in scoring and also I believe passed Ali Dai of Iran, shout out, for the most international goals for a player, um, I think Ronaldo uh, actually holds Portugal back. That's my hot take. Um, they won the Euros last time, right? Who didn't play in the final? Who did yeah, not true. win the final? Ronaldo. Now, I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying I think they focus so much on working around him that the other talent on the team does not get used. And um, it's not going to change until he leaves. Exactly. He's, like, like, he's going to be very old on that team, and he's going to demand the ball every single time. Exactly. And I think it's because of his attitude because he's such a great player. But, like, there's that. And then there's Bruno Fernandes, who, again, disappears in big games. Like, did, I didn't even know he was in this tournament. Like, what? Did he do anything? Yeah. No, and he gave her, and that should have been a penalty on him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, if anyone was to me good on that Portugal team, I think Diego Jota had had a good tournament. I think he played yeah. pretty well. Um, outside of that, man, I, Portugal disappointed me quite a bit. I wanted to see more uh, João Felix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, until Ronaldo leaves, you're not going to see some of these young stars that are budding. Yeah. Which again, he might be better than them, but for the team. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to say I think he holds them back. I, I'm sure someone else will come at me. Um, no, no I, think, I think you're right. Ronaldo holds them back. But honestly, this is, again, another hot – I mean, might not be as much of a hot take, but I think throughout the throughout the tournament, Portugal has just been playing with 10 men because Nelson Tomato is a disgrace. Oh, yes. He is the He's- worst defender ever out there. Oh my God. Thank you. Thank you, Nikhil, for saying that. He is to me the one of the worst defenders I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Kylian Mbappe was having a day with him on that side. And I was like, until they switch him over, they're going to get railed. I mean, he made him look like a turkey on that one play. Um, my God. I agree. Yeah. Nikhil called it out to Semedo's a trash fullback. Um, very good at attacking, but like you said, they're playing with him. Cause you know, you know who he reminds me of from like Liverpool? Moreno, Alberto Moreno. He's like very similar <laughs> player. Uh, yes. Really bad at defending, pretty decent at attacking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And, and I think Chelsea had their own uh, a little bit. Marcos Alonso was a little better at defending than, than those other guys, but he's he just so good much. offensively. You don't think about it. Yeah. <laughs> Marcos Alonso fits that a little well, bit. Por- do Portugal play a five at the back? They do not. So that's yeah, why like, they can't afford him to run around like, exactly. like nonce. <laughs> uh, anyone disappointed by France? Like that? Yeah. 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 I think so. They, I, I wanted to see them just like, come out and take the group by the balls and get nine points, even though it was a group of death. Yeah. But their, their results, I mean, one nil against Germany on an own, a Hummel's own, own goal uh-huh. drew with Hungary and drew with Portugal. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Unreal stuff. Yeah. So, so that wraps up kind of the group stage. Here's what we'll do. We'll take a brief break from that. We're going to come back and do predictions at the very end. So people uh, hang in there. I just, there are a couple little things I want to talk about going on outside of Euros, um, which probably won't take more than 10 minutes here, uh, but we'll come back. So there's Co- Copa America is happening. It is going on, even though maybe some of us don't notice. Actually, I believe a game was going on while we started this recording. Um, how many of you are having as much trouble as I am, like tuning in or watching Copa America? Now, well, yeah. first of all, is that an issue for anyone else? Are you really even watching the games or is it kind of tough? No. No, Brian's I, not watching the I, I saw five minutes of the game that was on here on mute while we were talking, but <laughs> couldn't care less about it. Jeff, how's the coverage there in Canada? Is anyone really watching it? Uh, well, we have a lot of South Americans here, so they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not, not seeing it on the news or anything like that. It's all Europe. Yeah, so so I'm curious. There are a few. Now, I was really thinking about this, believe it or not, you know, because I, you know, in my head, I was like, oh, all these tournaments are going to be great. What is the reason, you know, that this tournament is kind of flopping? Now, I got a few points that we can mention. One, maybe it's because there's no crowd at the game and, and, and the crowd is adding atmosphere to these to these Euro games. Is it, you know, two, uh, they're happening after usually three Euro games. Are we just soccered out by that time? Are we just tired of watching games at that point? Uh, is it three that literally every team advances almost to the knockout yeah. stage? So the group stage means shit. Um, whereas in the Euros, they're still kind of playing for stuff. And I think especially on the last match days of Euros, people got more excited because there were these scenarios playing out. Uh, what do you guys think it is? I know, Brian, I heard you say yeah to the last one. Is that what you think the main one is? I, I think it's a combination of two, three and something else. So, uh-huh. I mean, y- yes, Chile played a game against Paraguay while while we were watching. They'd already, I mean, they they lost two to nil, and they're they've already advanced. Mm. So now it's just a matter of, I guess, what seed you are in the knockout stage. You try to avoid Brazil, I guess, but right. how how dedicated are you really going to be to do doing that? Um, two, yeah, I think we've watched two two or four Euro games. You're already today, or not today, but you know, in a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they're competing against NBA playoffs and NHL playoffs, which yeah. the NBA playoffs have been freaking fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I mean, NHL, other than the eight nil win Tampa Bay had, <laughs> they've been pretty entertaining as well. So and I think there's there's just two elite teams, and that's it. Like we're talking historically elite teams, and everyone's waiting for that final. So why, why bother tuning in? 
Yeah. yeah, very very good points brought up there. I, I agree, Jeff. You're right. The two of them are elite. And then because it's not like the quality, like for instance, you know, if you watch, let's say, middle of the pack team in this group would be what, like uh maybe a, a Paraguay or a, or a Peru. You know, it's not like their quality is much worse than say a middle of the pack team in the like a Czech Republic, right? It's it's not like a huge difference, mm-hmm. but I agree, it's like we're just kind of waiting for those that big matchup. And also these 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 don't mean they don't really mean anything. And I like the point brought up that they're competing with, at least here in North America, with those NBA playoffs, which have been they've been fun. They've been fun. And I'm not one that's really tuned in a ton to the NBA with the Bulls stinking so bad. But uh my God, these playoffs, so you know, with the with the Hawks and Trey Young and and the Suns, you know, being pretty good. Um, yeah, I think it's been some exciting games. I think even last night, what wasn't there a good uh, the Bucks and, and Hawks played in a good game last night. Yep. Um, you know, the Clippers are, are what, 2-0 Warriors. Like, they come back from 2-0 down every time. So, that'll be intriguing tonight. I'm sure – I think that one's going on. But, yeah, I, I agree. There's a lot going on, and, and it's tough to follow. And like Jeff said, we're just waiting for the final. Uh, Nikhil, what are your thoughts on, on this? On, on I mean, I think, I think yeah, like you said, it's a combination of factors. Like, it, I mean, just to simplify it, I think it will be – Given the choice on an international uh, playing field, would you rather watch the English Premier League where the teams are more evenly matched or like kind of evenly matched even without the same financial resources or would you rather watch La Liga where, there's a, where it's a two-horse race almost every season or three-horse race for that mm-hmm. matter? I feel like right. it's similar. Like they have some fans who are like more loyal to that fan base. Like if you're from any of the Latinx com- countries, then sure, you're more likely to watch them. But other than that, for an international soccer fan, I don't think there's as much as for Leo to watch the Copa America at the same time as the Euros. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. I like your, t- I like the takes there. So I think anyone, if anyone else has anything different than what we said uh, at the footy corner too, if we're wrong, let us know. Um, as it stands, I guess it is my duty to tell people where it is as it stands. They're still in the group stages. Um, Argentina, uh, Paraguay, or Argentina's first, Paraguay second, Chile third, Uruguay's fourth in group A. Bolivia is already eliminated. So every of those, every one of those teams I mentioned has advanced. It's a matter of who avoids Brazil, and Brazil leads Group B. They've clinched the group. Um, Colombia is currently in second, but have a good chance of being passed by Peru or Ecuador, or and Venezuela is in, in fifth right now, but they are not eliminated yet. So yeah, I mean, I don't think that's going to pick up until the knockout matches. I, I think they're missing the invited teams too. It's yeah. it's. I mean, obviously, COVID restricted that, but um, last time around, they had Japan and Qatar, which added a little bit of a a fun element to it. Neither of those teams did anything. Um, neither neither of them made it past the group stage, but at least there were three groups as opposed to two where everyone advanced. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, what was it, five years ago, when it was in America and they had USA and Mexico and Costa Rica and some other teams that, that was a hell of a tournament that I watched mm-hmm. so many games in that tournament. And, and so what, don't you think it'd be better for both confederations if they just did that, if they just combined them yes. and made one Absolutely. 16 team tournament and, and uh, it might be unfair to some of the smaller teams like Haiti or Dominican Republic or, you know, Trinidad, Tobago, or whatever, but well, in that case, would you be able to make it twenty-four teams and and ten and fourteen and just well, look at yeah, what Euros is already Euros? teams. You got North Macedonia in it. You might as well have Haiti in ours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although their goalie pretty much stinks, so I don't know about that. Um, 
uh, yeah, so let's see what happens with Copa. Um, so no one thinks anything different than Brazil winning. It was a wild match with Colombia the other night. I think it would go either way, Brazil or Argentina, but okay, them in the finals. And, and our dark horses are all still up there. Jeff had Colum- – well, dark horses being anyone but Brazil, I guess. Jeff had Colombia. Uh, Brian, you had Paraguay, right? You had Paraguay. I, don't, I don't fucking remember. Uh, Arian had Chile. I had Uruguay. Nikhil, do you have a team that – that is not Brazil or Argentina that you think has a shot? I think Uruguay. Uruguay, Uruguay. as uh, nice. competitively, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, also, I, I, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, sorry. Well, I was just going to say, I like their central defense. It's, it's very right. solid. And then their strikers, even though they're aging, they're still still dangerous. Right, right. Uh, no, I was, I was just going to say, Jeff, did you notice that your, your star striker or your only striker right now has not scored at Copa America, despite starting every single game. Thanks for the info. <laughs> Is, Is there that, uh, Gabriel Jesus? Yeah, he started every single game and he hasn't scored yet. He's just been like... You shit. seem a little obsessed. <laughs> I'm just looking out for you, man. You have you only have one striker. Or let's say you do get Kane. Neither of your strikers are doing so hard right now. <laughs> this is true. I we will scored, say we, we scored all the goals for England. Currently, yeah. that's correct. Until he goes. What if he goes? You you did say you don't want him. You'd rather have Kane and Yeah, Kane. you actually said you wanted him to go to Liverpool. You wouldn't mind letting him go to Liverpool. Because right? out of all the shit talk that Liverpool fans have said about Sterling over the over the past however many years, it would be amazing to see him back on that team. Oh, oh he's I gonna love it. I would love but it. Who's he, who he going to replace, though? I don't think he has a spot at the Liverpool team right now. The whole team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my days. Oh, this back and forth banter. This is why we do. These are why these panel episodes are better than, than me just talking. Although I, I promise I won't bother everyone all summer. Just for these tournaments, I think it'll be, it'll be good. Um, let's go to now the... I want to talk a little bit about coaching carousel and potential transfers or things that have happened before we come back to the Euro predictions. The coaching carousel has gotten very interesting, folks. Um, specifically, two Premier League teams in London that don't have a manager that by this point have been spurned by many managers, um, one of them being actually Crystal Palace, the other being Tottenham that we know very well. Um, you know, many of you in the in the footy corner chat that I mentioned, they know, you guys know I have my sources. And generally when I say something's going to happen, it, it I'm pretty sure it's going to happen. Lucien Favre to Crystal Pass was supposed to happen. He was supposed to sign the contract this morning, uh, according to many sources. Many of my good ones uh, at the time this morning said it, even tonight it's been confirmed, that a verbal agreement was reached on a three-year contract. The work permit process had started on Lucien Favre joining uh, Crystal Palace, but he apparently at the last second decided no. Um He's turned them down. We know Nuno also, I think, turned them down last second. Um, with Tottenham, we've heard names like Conte, Fonseca, uh, Gattuso. Apparently, Lopetegui also got a dizzying contract offer from them the other day, and he turned them down. Um, you know What's going on with these two teams that, that just can't seem to find a manager? Like, wh- Do you guys have any idea why? Let's start with Crystal Palace. Why do you think... I, I know why they maybe don't have a manager, but why do you think these managers are verbally agreeing and then last second kind of like, nope, we're just not going to do this. What's what's going on there? What what are the possibilities? 
<laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I can't be arsed about fucking Crystal Palace's manager. <laughs> Someone that can improve them from 15th to 10th. Great. I don't give a shit. Okay. Does anyone give a shit about Crystal Palace or should I move on to Tottenham? Not really. <laughs> Tottenham it is. They're just going right. to hire some some other, like, Big Sam. Jack Hodgson or, yeah, bring in Big Sam halfway through the season or some shit. And it, Like, who cares? Okay. So there's that. Now let's talk about Tottenham because they've been linked to a lot of people. And even on social media, like when Gattuso got linked, a lot of their fans were like, we don't want Gattuso. And Gattuso's like, well, good, because I don't fucking want you. Um, and, and now uh, the latest, I will say this, all that happened, the latest is that they are going back for Nuno, Espirito Santo. A lot of their fans apparently are not happy about that. Do you think their fans should be picky at this moment? Well, who wants to go there? Like Kane wants out, Son wants out. Do we, do we expect them to replace them of, of players with of that caliber no that's a who very wants, good point who wants to go there? jeff brings up the good point that anyone that goes in there is walking into a team that is losing harry kane doesn't have champions league is playing in europa conference league i must say um yeah that's that is a rough situation so that's the that's a good point not gonna have harry kane possibly anyone else with thoughts on why tottenham can't get anyone over the line they don't spend money yeah is that it? You think these managers are just asking, hey, I need this much money to overhaul the team, and, and they're being told, well, no, you're not going to get this, and they said, well, then fuck this. I'm Probably. Why, why go to Tottenham to fucking – I mean, look <laughs> at what happened to Mourinho. Pochettino yeah, was the most successful guy right. ever, and he got shit-canned. Right. Like the return on investment for, like, the kind of club that Tottenham is is – so low, like they, you're not going to get money to like buy players. You're not going to get supported, even if you do decently well, which is what happened. You're not going to get respected, and then you have your top player leaving too. And then who are you going to replace Kane with? Like that's going to be on you when you get signed. Um, was was Pochettino like, the one they let get away? Like the the hot girlfriend that they fucked up. Yep, I think yeah. so. <laughs> let him to a Champions League final, and then they let him go next season, and then. Now they can't even get a manager, and, and you, they can't start their transfers if they don't have a manager. So how are you going to get Kane's replacement? I don't know. It's a crazy situation. Do you think then that Nuno ends up there? I, I'm hearing very good. So I'm hearing very good rumors that it's it's looking close. But again, we've seen with them how these turn around at the last second. So I don't even know what to believe when it comes to that. Um, do we think that's what the end game is? It, will it be Nuno, or is it going to be Ryan Mason at the end that they have no choice? They have to go back to him. <laughs> Probably Brian Mason. He's the only one that'll accept the job. Anyone have any predictions on who will be Tottenham manager? Gunnar Soros? <laughs> not, not sure about Tottenham, but going back to Crystal Palace really quick. Do you guys think it's a good job for Frank for Frank Lampard to come back and take? Do you think he would I, he would take the Crystal Palace job if he it was offered to him? I've heard it. I think I I don't think it'd be a bad shout for him to just get back into the Premier League if he wants to. Brian, do you have an idea on that? He's your boy. He's not my boy. He's Manchester, Manchester City legend. Yeah. That's true. He's also your boy, Jeff. When I, when I started really following Chelsea was the year he joined Manchester City. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, I understand he's a Chelsea legend, but I'm not a fanboy like some of the older 
not not fan, I guess fanboys the wrong word. Like he's done, he's a club's leading goal scorer and all that. Um, mm-hmm. Club legend, obviously, but I'm not. I'm not gonna lose my shit over whatever he does. Yeah, I I would look at it if I'm Palace. I think that's some. I think that's maybe one to look at because um, he he didn't do so bad with with Derby. I think right. Um, so he's one to look at. Terry might be one to look at. Speaking of old Chelsea players, because he's been an assistant at Villa now for a bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, honestly, you can also kind of look at. I think does Eddie Howe have a job yet? Yeah, I was just gonna bring that up. Eddie Howe doesn't have a job, and so, what was messed up is he was he was almost just he was almost he almost signed the contract at Celtic. Mm-hmm. But the reports are that he made them wait for so long that they got frustrated with him and decided to like because he kept waiting for a different offer. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah. Wow. So Eddie Howe would be a good. I think Eddie Howe would be a good manager for Tottenham if yeah. they hired him. Yeah. Yeah. I think either of those teams should be jumping at Eddie Howe, but none of them are right now. This is wild. Um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I think Nuno's going to end up at Tottenham, though. I think it'll happen. I think yeah. it'll happen, even though the fans don't want that uh, because they thought Wolves played too defensive. Um, I will say this before finishing the coaching carousel talk. Scott Parker is in line to leave Fulham. Uh, it's looking like he might go to Bournemouth, speaking of Eddie Howe's old team. Uh, so we'll keep your eye on that. See if Scott Parker goes Bournemouth's way, which is really weird because they're both in in the championship. So if you're Fulham, like how do you how do you let that happen? But whatever, whatever that is. Uh, any other points on that or the coaching carousel or any coaching thoughts that we have? Nah. No. Okay. People are ready to make their predictions. Before we do that, let's talk real briefly about things that get people excited. Transfers. Um, there have already been things that have been done. We kind of talked about a little bit on the last episode. Since then, uh, Brian might not be too happy to hear this one. Hakimi, Ashraf Hakimi, who was a target for Chelsea, looks like he'll be going to PSG for around 70 million euros. That thing should be across the line almost any day now. Um, I guess Chelsea maybe weren't weren't going to go that high on him. Uh, still plenty of targets out there. Are you are you upset about that at all, Brian? Or are you just are you happy with what no, you guys have? Someone else or or keep the team that we have. It's all right. Not okay. worried. So in the end, you're not too upset. Uh, so Hakimi to PSG. Another one about that's, that's affecting our group. Uh, you know, we heard a rumor Sergio Ramos potentially going to Man City, but now it's looking like he might go to PSG. Jeff, uh, would you be upset if he went to PSG over City? I wouldn't be torn up about it, but it would be neat to see him on City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he'd be a good addition to any team. And I don't think he's even that old. It's just because he's been around a while, right? How old, yeah. is, how old is he? He's not that. And he was really upset, very tearful goodbye that he gave the other day. And I thought he was going to City. That was kind of my prediction. But now I'm hearing things about PSG. But nothing concrete either way. So it could still turn. Um, we'll see what goes on there. Now, we'll go to the very good sources, the ones that look pretty sure of happening. Shaka to Roma, uh, personally. I'm pretty happy about this. Uh, so if we can get some money for him, that'd be nice. Here's one that has been a bit surprising and was attempted last summer, but it looks like it's really going to happen this summer. Jaden Sancho, who has not played a minute for England. We mentioned him earlier to Manchester United for around 85 million euros is what it's looking like. It could go up to 90 is what I'm hearing from the sources. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Is that, does that move the needle a lot for Manchester United? Is that a position they're weak at? Uh, is he a game breaker? 
Is he different from having Rashford or Mason Greenwood out there? What are your guys' thoughts on Sancho potentially coming to United? If you can get him, might as well take him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's going to improve their team if he's on it. So I don't know about the price tag, but who knows about price tags these days anyway? It's all, it's all fucking moot. Teams are going to spend what they want to spend on someone. So I don't, I don't really put too much stock into the price of players anymore, Mm -hmm. but it'd be nice to see Sancho in the premier league. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Any thoughts from Nikola Jeff on James Sancho to United? I, Unless unless he does unless he's gonna coach them, I don't think he's gonna make the team better. <laughs> <laughs> Take over for Ole. <laughs> I was gonna say because it's a position that they're stocked with with young players that are good. So you don't think he's better than what they have, or at least for that no, price I, that they can spend in other positions. Yeah, I guess they could spend in other positions. I think just the way they play, they have like so much talent in that in that particular position and. Also, it's not going to change the way they play, honestly. I feel like Ole is just stuck in his ways about the way he wants them to play. And sure, they finished second last season, but I don't see them anywhere close to winning the league or any, like, tournament. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah so Ole too. is the big problem for you. Uh, Jeff, are you worried at all about Jaden Sancho going to your rivals? No, because everyone said, who's that guy they signed last year from, the guy from Holland? Oh, Van de Beek. Van de Beek. Yeah, Van de Beek. When they when when they signed Van de Beek, United fans were like, "Oh, you guys are fine." <laughs> I even forgot his name because I never seen it. <laughs> that man played like four minutes. <laughs> and, and, and they were talking about transferring him out this year too. By the way, yeah, which is yeah, I, you know, you're right. You never know how the you, you think this one is better than that, but you, yeah, again, you never know how these guys turn out. Um, this one came in today, and I have to I have to bring it up. It's my boys again. I I might be a little heavy because I have a lot of Twitter sources for Arsenal. Uh, ben White to Arsenal. We're hearing for forty five plus five bonuses. Uh, he is from Brighton. He did make the English team as he was a reserve, I think, and then he took over when was it when Trent got injured? He came into the side. Um, center back looks like a ball playing center back. Very young. Um, so, what do you guys think about Ben White to Arsenal? Was that a good pickup for them? Um, do they need to spend elsewhere? I'm hearing indications that they would still spend elsewhere, but was a center back a need for them? They, they had the third or fourth best defense in the Premier League, actually, believe it or not, despite how bad they played. I guess since he's young, it's a good signing. Mm-hmm. But I really, you said Ben White, and I was like, wait, who the fuck is Ben White? <laughs> yeah. He's not going to make headlines with that signing for sure, but I mean, he's a young defender, so. That's the way to go these days. Okay. Anyone else with takes before I bring mine in? I guess. I guess. Too, don't you think Arsenal needs more of a more of a leader now that they're even losing Zaka and like a bunch of other folks? I, I feel like. I mean, it's a good investment to spend on a young defender, but like if you don't have a team or if you don't have a leader to like really guide a young defender, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I would expect them to like. I would have expected them to spend a little bit more and get like somebody more senior. Yeah, that's a good point that I, I, I'll actually, um, I'll address that in a second. That's a very good point. Jeff, any thoughts on this one? You said, who is she when I mentioned this in the chat? No idea. <laughs> <laughs> so fair, fair play. So um, I agree actually uh, with Nikhil who makes a great point about they need a leader. Um, 
So I think they could still go out and, and maybe get that piece. I think the time to get Ben White was probably now. Um, with uh, Last year, there was a lot of talk. I don't know if you saw the hashtag free Ben White. Um, <laughs> because he, helped, he was with Leeds, actually, on loan from Brighton the year before. Helped them come up. Um, and then I think Leeds wanted to buy him last season for around $30 million, And Brighton didn't sell him for $30 million, which I guess worked out for them because they're going to get 20 more this year. Uh, the, the guy... Quite decent with Brighton too. He's a good ball playing defender. Um, I guess the replacement is for David Luiz. I know we all make fun of David Luiz, uh, but he he's good at playing the ball out of the back. This guy apparently is fast, uh, can play the ball from the back. But I will say this: you guys are right. With a young center back, you have to be patient. Um, how long did John Stones take to come around at City? Right, that took a couple of years, maybe one one and a half, two years. Right, so. I think with him, they're going to have to be patient and you got to hope that, uh, you know, this is a sign of directions are going, but they, this, you know, this can't be it. They have to pick up more. Like Nikhil said, they need a leader. I think they needed a number 10 because Odegaard is not going to come back. Real Madrid has said they want to hold on to him. Uh, and, and they don't really have a, a number 10 creator. I'm hearing some things, but I won't maybe mention it on the pod <laughs> until it's more concrete. Cause I want people to be like, this guy spews BS, but well, I will say this. I, I'm hearing that their top target might be, though it's, I, I will say under 50%, is James Madison is the top target they have. So um, we'll see what happens there. If they can get him, I'll be – count me in for the excitement train. But, yeah, it, it is interesting. A lot of people on Twitter are saying, why are you going that position if, if you have other needs and their goals against wasn't that high. But a good defense can get you a good offense, a good defensive player like that. Can, so we'll see. Um any other big names? I'll let you guys say, because I said some some things I heard from sources. Anything that you guys are hearing from sources? Any big names that you're hearing your clubs associated with or rumors? I know, Jeff, you usually have a good flow of sources yourself. Uh, mine are mostly bullshit. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. did say rude possibly to AC? Is that? Apparently that's a done deal. Okay. Yeah, yep. That's what I saw too. You're hearing that too? Because I was going to say, see, that's something that like I don't, I might miss out on a couple of Chelsea or Chelsea sources here or there. So it looks like he will be leaving um, Chelsea. So that's, that's happening. I know Liverpool have already done some of their business as, as Nikhil might know. Uh, they already got that center back. Um, uh, anything else that you're hearing on that front? Um, no, not really. I don't, I think they're trying to replace Wijnaldum uh, with Tillemans. And mm-hmm. that would be a good signing if they get Tillemans. I really like Ibe Tillemans. Uh, yeah. Other than that, there is some some talk about getting a striker, and mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, like you said, I don't want to jinx it, but they, they said there is some talk about them trying to look into Isaac, but he might be too expensive. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm hearing seventy million now associated with him, and that you guys, uh, us, although I don't think we're going to spend seventy mil. Uh, Real Madrid, unfortunately, has entered the picture for him too now. I guess yeah, that would be a great signing, and I was hearing. Basuma also might be a target for you guys in place of mm-hmm. Wijnaldum, but Tielemans is probably a better player, a better shout. So that would be pretty cool. Actually, I don't know. I, I actually like Basuma too because he's, uh-huh. he'll probably play more of that box-to-box. Uh, That's yeah, true. and like definitely more physical too. Maybe back up Fabinho. I think like Fabinho has been doing phenomenal, but he's like by himself pretty much, especially yeah. when Henderson is out. So we need a backup for Henderson as well. So. He can mentor him into that role too. It's always good, like you said, to have a leader that can bring someone into a into a role. Um, Tiago can help with that as well. Um, 
Okay. So with that, you know, with those said, if anyone hears anything about transfers, let us know at the footy corner too. Um, maybe from the account, we'll have some ITK tweets come out as well as they come across. Um, I'll get the decrepit intern on it. <laughs> All right. So now the big moment, we're coming to the end of the pod. Um, predictions. Let's go back to the Euros. Let's talk about the knockout round. Let's talk about predictions. First, let's just go reach match, and I want to know straight up who you think is going to win. Then we'll talk about paths. Okay, we'll talk about who's going to win these next set of games um, because I think I'll try to fit a pod in in between the round of 16 and the quarterfinals, and then perhaps a short one in between and another one in between. So let's just see where, where we get with it. The um, opening match is on Saturday, uh, various times for all of us, so I'm not going to shout them all out. Wales and Denmark. The match is in Amsterdam. Who we got between Wales and Denmark? I'll let, uh, I'll let, we'll go with the order of uh, Brian, Nikhil, Jeff, and then myself. So Wales, Denmark. Who you got? And then go ahead and pick a goal scorer. It, it's not going to count for anything, but just let's see what we say. <laughs> uh, I'll say, ooh, this one could, this one's tough. Um, I think I'll choose Denmark because they're they're playing with heart and passion. They mm-hmm. they want to win for Ericsson. So I'll say Denmark and goal scorer Hoyberg. Okay. Nikhil? If he played, uh, is he playing? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he did. He's played in other matches. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Denmark too, because just because of the same reasons. I really like their defense, uh, mm-hmm. minus Christensen. But he can he can do other things as we saw. So right, right. Uh, I'm gonna say Denmark and and also because Wales' defense is kind of shaky. Um, yeah. I think I think Brathwaite has been playing pretty well. Mm-hmm. He might uh, my goal scorer would be Martin Brathwaite. Yeah. Okay, Jeff. Uh, Wales, Denmark. Who do you have? Uh, two to one, Denmark. And I'll just pick Bale to score. Okay. <laughs> I'll go. I'm going to say 1-1. They're going to go to penalty kicks. No extra time. And I'll take Denmark in the penalty kicks. And I will say this. I think that their goal scorer, and he had, uh, I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, well, it's either going to be, well, I'll, I'll go safe. I'll say Polson. I think Polson will score. Um, I was going to say Damsgaard, the guy that replaced Erickson. If you remember, he scored their first goal and it was a huge moment uh, for them. But uh, I'll go with Polson. So we all have Denmark winning that one. Okay. Um, next, we have Italy and Austria. It's late game that day. I feel like it's going to be unanimous, but let's go ahead and see what everyone thinks. Uh, Brian. Yeah, Italy. I don't have a score prediction, but... Who's your I mean, goal scorer? Any number of players can score. I'll say Bellotti again. Okay. Uh, Nikhil. Um, I mean, obviously Italy, but I'm trying to trying to think who would be the good for I'm just going to say Insigne. Yep. I like that shout. Jeff? Uh, 3 nothing Italy. Variety. Uh, uh, okay. I've got 2 nothing Italy, and I also think Insigne will score. Um, who's, their, who's their penalty taker? Is it Jorginho? Is, is it? Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I, I should pick so. him to score. I don't think they had a penalty, did they? No. Uh, it doesn't look like it. Nope. No. Um, that game also in London, I didn't mention. Anthony Taylor is the referee, by the way. Uh, Netherlands and Czech Republic opened the matches on Sunday at Budapest. Um, 
by the way, can I? Well, I'll mention it when the time comes. But Netherlands and Czech Republic are in Budapest, uh, which is in Hungary. Budapest is a Hungarian. <laughs> it's a Hungarian it's- city. We'll come back to that. So Netherlands and Czech. Um, Brian, who we got in score? Yeah, definitely got to be Netherlands. Um, and to score their goal, I'll say Memphis to pie. Okay. Nikhil? I'll say Netherlands. Um, maybe Wijnaldum. Sure. Okay. Yeah, let's do Wijnaldum. All right. Jeff? Uh, Netherlands 2-1. to one. Uh, uh, Depay. I also think Netherlands might have a little trouble. They'll still pull off 2-1 is, is, is my score. And because I don't know who will score for them, I'll go with Patrick Schick for Czech Republic scoring a goal. <laughs> so, Joe, going for that golden boot. Now, the main event on, on Sunday, and I think the main event of the first two days, from Seville in Spain is Belgium and Portugal. That will be, I'm hoping, a good match. <laughs> Brian, what do you have? <sighs> well, um, Belgium will have had more rest, mm-hmm. which I think will do them will do them good. Um Hopefully they they haven't lost their their match fitness though, uh, mm-hmm. but I'll say I'll say Belgium just because I I want them to win. Okay. Do you have any goal and, scorers? Or scorers or yeah, Lukaku. It's got to be Lukaku. There you go. Yep. Okay, Nikhil. Um, Belgium again. Um, I actually think this game might be a draw. Like it might be like two two or one one, uh-huh. and then go to penalties, and Belgium's gonna win it in the penalties. Um, and I think my goal scorer would again be Lukaku. Yeah, I think there so. There you go, Jeff. That's I mean, but I'm I'm super excited about the Lukaku Pepe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Super physical players both will be pretty exciting. Yeah, will be a hell of a showdown. Agreed, agreed. Jeff, who you got in Belgium and Portugal? Uh, three to two Belgium, and I have uh, Kevin De Bruyne. All right, and I have uh, Belgium two. Portugal won Ronaldo penalty. No, I'm kidding. Uh, well, no, I'm not. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I am. I, I'll yeah. say that Belgium might be a little more, uh, might not get a penalty. I'll go with uh, Lukaku. I did pick him to win the golden boot. I have a chance. Um, all right. We go to Monday's matches from Copenhagen. This might be a little more split than the previous. We got Spain and Croatia playing in Denmark. Early game on Monday. Brian, what do you got? This just looks like a boring match on paper. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say Croatia because Spain won't be able to score. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll say, uh, fuck, I'll just say Kovacic. Kovacic, there you go. Of course, Homer pick there. Uh, Mikhail, what do you have? Uh, I'll go with Spain. I think Spain 2-0 two, two not, two or 2-1. Two um, let me see. Scorer... Not let, me make, let me make Jeff happy. I'm going to say Ferran Torres. Oh, yeah. here we go. Jeff, what do you have? Is that your pick, two to score? I have uh, Spain going through on penalty kicks. Yeah. Okay. That's a good shout. I think that this match will end 1-0. Um, it won't make it to penalty kicks, but it'll make it to extra time. And I think in extra time, Perisic will score the winner for Croatia, and I think they're going to win 1-0. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, so we're split on this i'm glad that's the yeah. first one that we all didn't agree on a winner um this one i, I think we probably will in bucharest we've got 
France and Switzerland. I'll explain the story after we make our predictions here that Brian did did send and submit. So um, who do we have winning this one first, Brian? Uh, despite France looking quite disappointing in the group stage, I got to pick them. Right. And we'll we'll score. We'll, we'll go with Mbappe. Mbappe. All right. Nikhil, what do you have? Uh, France do nothing. I'm going to go with Benzema. France do nothing. Benzema. Jeff? Uh, France do nothing. Benzema. France do nothing. Benzema. I'm going to go also France 2 nothing, and I will also say Benzema, so we're all equal there. Now, did anyone outside of Brian hear about the French fans who missed their match against Hungary? Yeah, they went, they went to uh, where they go again? So, Bucharest. Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah, they went to Bucharest instead of It's Bucharest. a mess. So, so their match, so they were playing Hungary, and we know Hungary was the home team. And Hungary was playing, of course, their matches in Budapest, which is in Hungary. But the but these uh, a group of French fans, I think it was six of them, um, were going to travel to that match, and they accidentally went to Bucharest, which is in Romania, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is hilarious because these cities are five hundred miles away, more than five hundred miles away from each other. Again, Budapest, Bucharest, you could kind of see where they went wrong. Now, here's the funniest part of this story. They apparently land. Um, <laughs> they they didn't actually realize their mistake. They went through the airport, not probably noticing all these Romanians or, or the flags or people speaking in that language. Um, they only noticed when they got into the city and were drinking with Ukrainian fans, which um, is <laughs> absolutely wild. Um, so the Ukrainians were there correctly for their match. Uh, I think they were playing Austria. Yeah. Uh, that that night and um <laughs> these fans said they thought that those were hungarian fans that were going to the game and they followed them thinking that since they're from the city they knew their way to the stadium um during the course of their revelry it dawned on the french fans that they were in fact a long way from the puska serena on hungary with no chance of getting there to watch the world champions in action uh <laughs> asked if they had traveled from kiev by romanian journalists um, who noticed them not joining the chanting with the Ukrainian fans. The supporters replied with, we got here by mistake. It's becoming increasingly clear that we're not where we need to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully they stuck around and didn't go home because now they can see them in the knockout stage. And that's exactly why I mentioned now they are playing in Bucharest. So those guys, if they had just stuck around, I think they have. <laughs> what I'm reading here is that they 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 did. So they will finally get to see their team in the correct location. Might have cost them a little more than they wanted with staying in a hotel. But, um, hey, in the end, they've seen their team in Bucharest. So I thought that was a funny story that we mentioned. So uh, good. Thanks for that, Brian. You're the one that actually sent that yeah. in. Um, good, good shout there. Now, to the, to the rest of the matches, last two. Um, I'll start with the afternoon match because the, the morning match is the more fun one. So Sweden and Ukraine are playing in uh, Scotland, Glasgow. Um, who we got in Sweden and Ukraine? Uh, Sweden, I think. Okay. Um, I think this could be a high scoring match. I'll say, mm-hmm. I mean, I might, I might as well say Forsberg. He's already scored three goals for them. Yep. Okay. Forsberg. Nikhil, who do you have in Sweden, Ukraine? Um, I want to say Sweden too. Mm-hmm. Just, just because I don't know if Ukraine will be able to hold up. Um, and Skoda, yeah, I think I think I'll go with the same pick. Go with Forsberg. Okay, Jeff. Three to one, Sweden, Forsberg. 
I'm going to say 2 nothing Sweden. I'll say Isaac finally gets a goal here, but I wouldn't be shocked with Forsberg. I also wouldn't be shocked. I'll say this. This is one of those games I could see being very sneaky and that, that Ukraine could, could win and, and, and potentially move on and it'd be a bit wild, but I could see it. Um, England-Germany. It's the earlier game that day. It's in London. It's in Wembley. But I, I know we have some differences in thoughts here. Uh, Brian, what's your prediction? And this is a total shot in the dark. I mean, both teams are so disappointing. Um, I'm going to say Germany is going to win and um, Havertz is going to score. All right, Nikhil. I'm going to say one nothing Germany. Um, you know what? Maybe Timo Werner will score. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, How much wants. banter would that be? I, I mean, you're not a Chelsea fan in England, Brian, but imagine the Chelsea fans in England, how pissed they would be if that happened. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff? I think it's going to be a 0-0 England go-through <laughs> on penalty kicks. I think it's going to be a horrible game. England do have a, a bad history in penalties against Germany, don't they? And that's exactly yeah. why won 1-1 penalty kicks Germany. Yeah. Um, in terms of goal... Gosh, uh, I'm going to say Serge Gnabry. I don't know if he's done anything, but he's played up top for Germany. I think he's going to do something, the former Arsenal man. Uh, but yeah, that that or Belgium-Portugal, I think, are the match. Well, Spain-Croatia, a lot of good first-round matches. All right, so those were our predictions. Now, let's look ahead. Obviously, this is going to change a bunch. We could always change who we pick. Um, I want to ask you guys this first, and, and maybe I'll share. Oh, wait, real, real quick, sorry. Yeah. Uh, the last penalty kick, a match between Germany and England was in uh-huh. the six euros. Do you know who missed the uh, deciding penalty for England? Which euros were they in? Oh, Southgate. Southgate. Yep. Garrett he, missed, Southgate. He, he missed the penalty to lose it. Yep. <laughs> that would be amazing if they went to pens then. Oh, please yeah. let that happen. All right. Looking at their paths, we know that one side of the, the, the bracket per se is, probably much more difficult, the top half or in some people's leagues, the left-hand side, right? The one that has Belgium, Portugal, Italy, France, Croatia, Spain. A lot more difficult, I think, than the one that has, you know, you're really looking at England, Germany, or Netherlands. Um, yep. You guys, who has the best path to the to the final? Who do you think has a more clear path, the most clear path? Uh, I'd say Netherlands. Yeah, I'd say Netherlands too. Either Netherlands or England, honestly. Yeah, Jeff? Same. I agree. Same. Netherlands, which team do you think uh, in the upper half that has the, the hardest path um, has the best chance of making it out to that final, even though they have a hard, harder path? Who might have slightly, I guess, easier to an extent? Would it be France? I'd Could say be- France, yeah, because yeah. Italy-Belgium is going to be just... If that's going to be some game, honestly. Yeah. Be-, be an electric factory. Yeah, with how Spain looked in their first two games, mm-hmm. not that France has looked that much better. I think France has the has the edge there. Are are there any teams that um, that you guys can envision making it farther than what is prognosticated? A little bit of them. Is there any team here that you're like, well, their path is is not awful, and they can they can make a run? Because I have Denmark, Denmark, yes. Den- Denmark or Sweden. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Hey, Nikhil. Yeah, I'd say I'd say uh, Denmark more than Sweden. I was thinking that in the car in the car today. I'm like Denmark and Sweden. one of these Scandinavian countries might make the final. Like I would not be shocked 
because you always have that sometimes that one team that just goes through. And honestly, I'll say this, if Ukraine beats Sweden, they can shock some people. I'm telling you right yeah. now, uh, teams can be underwhelming in their group stages and come through. Just look at Portugal five years ago, uh, you know, drew all three of their matches and then won it all. So I would didn't say, you, look out didn't for Ukraine those. finish fourth in the world cup? Not too long world? ago. Mm, in the world cup. I don't know. That's a good question. I'm gonna have to, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking, not. maybe not. Maybe might have been the, you might be right. Ukraine. Uh, or were you thinking, well, I know Turkey, maybe it was Turkey. Turkey did, but I don't know why I thought Ukraine did well. You got, got to get the intern on this. We, yeah, we got to get the intern. The intern has to check out what's going on here. Oh, what shit. is your history? Did you get it right? No, Montreal just scored. In overtime, they're going to the Stanley Cup Finals. Oh, breaking! Well, I guess it's not breaking news, but <laughs> that's a bit wild. Um, Ukraine finished last in Euros twenty sixteen in their group. Euros don't don't have a third place game though. Correct. I, I, yeah, I think I'm wrong. Never mind that. Scratch that. Yeah, I don't think it was them. I don't. Uh, Near misses. Uh, they barely kept missing the World Cup. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that counts. <laughs> no, I don't think so. They don't have a long history, I'll say that, because they're generally kind of a new country. But, um, yeah. So does anyone have, I guess as a last shout, any um, hot bets for anyone to make or any futures bet that might be a good shout or any team that maybe isn't a favorite that people should put a little money on? Brian, didn't you have did you have a bet going I, around? I have some money on Belgium just because I like their odds and I I like to root for them. And the, the last long-term bet I made for a team to win a championship paid out pretty well. That was my bet on Chelsea to win Champions League. So did you right. put two do- did you put two dollars on this one or something? <laughs> I put like five, five <laughs> on it. Wow. <laughs> what what were they at? What was Belgium at when you got them? Plus it was at like plus seven hundred or something. I don't know. I'm assuming that's not what it is now, right? I don't know. That's wild. That's something to look out for. So people check that out. Um, any other things we want to mention? Anything you guys want to mention to the people uh, before we log out for the day? I know we've, we've been on for a bit here. We might we might get this in under two hours, which would be amazing for a final <laughs> episode. Um, so any last statements? Uh, Brian? Nothing for me. Nope. Nope. Nikhil? No, I'm good. Nope. All good, Jeff? Good. Good. All right. Well, thank you guys for coming on the show this week. Uh, as as always, uh, awesome time with the panel. Uh, again, we'll try to run another one between uh, this set of matches and the quarters. Actually, we will. Whoever shows up will show up for that. Again, I'll keep some panels going until the season ends. And then I'm going to aim for some interesting guests. Now, this panel obviously is very interesting guests, but we might have some uh, I'm working on something and we'll see if it, if it comes to fruition. Um, so with that said, uh, let's go to a guy, I guess that's not really doing much right now. Maybe working on transfers. Unai Emery. Good evening, Alexa. Please to play uh, my favorite song. Good evening. Good evening, good evening.